PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Episode 372 of Cinema Crespo so is now. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm Chris Crespo, Orlando's premier film and movie critic, cricket, aficionado, and all-around pretentious guy. With me, hostage as always, Juice Cogbringer. What up, dude? How you doing? Doing okay. It's uh. No, that's the drum fill just for my life. That's just, yeah, that's just the drum fill for my life. The drum fill yep. for life. Mm-hmm. When there's uh, uh, empty space in there, it's filled with that. Yep. How you doing? It's like, hey, something shitty just happened. Like, what? <laughs> something shitty. Oh. oh. A little more over the top. Yeah. Hey, two over the top. A little over the top. A little two over the top. Uh, three seventy-two. Here we go. We gotta talk about a. A little dramatic film that wasn't on our radar until a couple of days ago at all. And we saw it and we're going to review it and we're all going to talk about it. It's called The Assistant. And also we're going to talk about what's in our media diets, what we've been watching and reading, etc., etc. And then I have a whole bunch of movie news stories. We got an email for a second half. We got a packed show. Before we talk about any of that, Drew. Chris. Just want to encourage people. Local two, yokels. What? Here it is in the first week the episode comes out. Okay. Maybe come out to the... Uh, uh, February 29, uh, PFT this media is, event, maybe think about it if you want to perhaps, you know, Chris, come on, maybe, come on, guys, we need to study, Chris, please, this, is, this isn't WPRK, you're allowed to call to action. Call to action, guys, come <laughs> on, be there, be there, come on, hang out, uh, it's, uh, t- 10 bucks to get in, there's gonna be comedy and music, and Recess Pizza will be there singing food on the outside at the sidewalk. So actually, you don't even take you know, buy a ticket to get the pizza. You, <laughs> you go over there and pizza. just buy some pizza and support Elliot. Uh, Will's pub uh, will be supplying a little bit of booze there, so please come on and buy some booze so Will's not mad at us. Uh, guys, it, it's, uh, the event's falling apart. We need help. Please come on out. Oh, come on. God, I'm so it hasn't even started. It's already falling apart. Drew, I just, I'm going to stay in bed. <laughs> I'm going to stay in bed that day is what okay. I'm going to do. And, and, I'm okay uh, with that. No, no, I'll shut my just, phone off. I'm going to stay in bed. T- I'm going to shut my phone off. Just just tell me if I, and I'll do the same. And no, and I, I need you to be there representing no. the show. No, you have to, you no, have to, no, Someone's no. got to represent the show. No, just if, you're not gonna, if you're not going to be there, I'm not going to be there. I mean, then we'll send the intern. What? What intern? Oh, no. <laughs> Drew, you were in charge of getting us an intern. That was one of your, your tasks. Nobody told me. Thought I conveyed that to you. No, no. I, I'll check my sent emails. I'm pretty sure there's an email. No, 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 there is not. I sent you one like 2014. I was like, hey, can you get this <laughs> intern program? You never did that. No. Oh man. Pretty sure you're supposed to check up on me on that one. Damn it! Thought you were a self starter. That's what you told me in your resume. I did. I did no such thing. Ah, that was just. That was just fizzy water. Oh well. 
February 29, Mills Gallery, 1792 in Orlando. You can just look online. You'll see the information. Uh, and uh, come watch us fail. Juicer. Chris. We went and saw this movie called The Assistant. We did. What'd you think of it? It was okay. It came in at number something very, very low. I had it. I found it. I lost it. You had it. I found it. lost it. Oh, number 24. Making $221,000 this week. $221,000. It's only in 263 theaters. And one of those theaters right over here. Oh, we, no, sorry. 167. Holy shit, even less. So we went and saw this movie because it's very... There's a double reason why. I saw, a triple reason. First, the running time is about 90 minutes. Yeah, so n- nice and short. Nice and short. Uh, reason number two... It had a very high Rotten Tomatoes score and a very low audience score. Eighty nine percent on the t- for the critics, uh, but like seventeen percent for audiences. Or yeah, audience is twenty three percent. And then the third reason was because um, uh, what was the third reason? Oh, yeah, there was that, and then there was that, and then I can't I can't remember what the third reason was. So you don't saw this movie, mm-hmm. the assistant. Yes, and. Uh, I mean, whoever that girl was. Whatever you said, just like you. How'd you describe it, Drew? Okay. It's just okay. It's just okay. I, whoever I mean, that girl is. Who was that girl? Uh, Julia Garner. She. Julia Garner. Whole movie is on her. She killed it. She's great. Um, so, I mean. the assistant. She's the titular eponymous assistant. I mean, this is pretty much just like, uh, I mean, it's uh, Me Too the movie. It's Me Too the movie. It's a day in the life of systemic abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, office abuse. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh. A Harvey Weinstein-ish producer in New York. Well, and I, I like how you never see his face. You never see his face. You never see who he is. Uh, his you, office you only is hear often the empty. Voice. You hear his voice a few times. Usually obscured over the phone mm-hmm. or in the distance. But he's very rarely in the office on this day. Mm-hmm. And this girl who's only been working there for five weeks, uh, she's low, low, low in a totem pole. Oh, yeah. And she suffers her own uh, passive-aggressive indignities throughout the day. Correct. From various people. Yes. And then uh, sees there's some uh, sort of, oh, no, what's, what's this guy doing with all these pretty girls coming in out of this office? Oh, no. Oh, no. What do I do? I should report this, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like a, a day in the life. We, we saw this whole lady's day at work. Yeah. It was kind of stressful. It's like the phone kept ringing. I was like, oh, my God. It was <laughs> just imagine looking at the caller. I just liked. Uh, I don't want to talk to this person right now. I, I liked seeing all the little cameos in the movie. There's tiny little cameos. Bunch of cameos everywhere, like here and there. It's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Oh, he's just going to stand into the elevator and then walk out. Okay. So what was the point of that? Was he playing himself? I guess he was playing himself. I don't know. I think he was essentially just playing himself. The uh, the dude who was what? Like head of HR? Is that who that guy was? Was he head of HR? Head of HR. Uh, So that guy, he's uh, one of the guys from Secession. Okay, so he's a secession. I'm, 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 a secession here. Yeah, I'm f- I'm familiar with him. And then uh, that guy who was like on the in the other building that had to get called into that uh, that trip, the 7 p.m. trip. Oh yeah, that guy. That he's guy. In, he's some guy. Yeah, he's, he's a in, guy who's in stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got some of those. We got some people who are guys and stuff. Um, but yeah, the whole movie's about this girl. Literally, she gets up at like 5 a.m., gets a taxi from Astoria, Queens, into Manhattan, opens the office, turns on the lights, and we see all this. It's a process movie. Yeah. You see her turn on the lights, make coffee, eat some cereal. This whole movie's told via food. She makes coffee while she's tired. Uh, shortly thereafter, both, yes. as people are showing up, she has a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. that she uh, has to start like, chugging over the, the sink as mm-hmm. people start showing up. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, make a big deal about lunch, getting the lunch order wrong. Yes. And she just has like a bite of her sandwich at desk. She's eating at her desk. No actual lunch break. Uh, she makes the boss's uh, protein shake. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Yeah. It's also funny. Uh, yeah. And she then, orders people wrong sandwiches. She, right, 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 right. But right salads. Mm. Right salads, wrong sandwiches. She got the salads right? Yeah. Mm. Some moment where all the food was left over in some random um, eating room. Uh, the, the crummy table and as she was cleaning up she like had a, a donut she was uh, putting a donut in her mouth mm-hmm. and then those dudes showed up and were like all aggro for for no reason yeah they were like maybe maybe I wanted that last donut I was done with my coffee like what the fuck lady cleaning up our shit I didn't ask you to clean up our mess I do like how uh, HR guy asked if uh, you know, he's like do you clean up after cause like we have janitors for that and the yeah. entire movie I was thinking don't they have janitors in this office? They, they do, but, I mean, they they do their work, they leave, and then the guy shows up and does his thing, and like, oh, shit, a ring, uh, earring gets dropped on the floor. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, it's fine. The movie's well made. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very... It looks good. I don't know. It's, for 90 minutes, it's man, does it feel long. It feels long because it's just a long day. It's just a long day at the office with a lot of little bullshit you got to go through. Yeah. These phone calls that you don't want to take. And uh, literally, she's like calling someone. She's like, "Can you can you switch to seven p.m.? Can this happen? Can we do that?" And like, "Are you going to be there?" And it's like, you know, God, I don't care about this at all. A little boring. Uh, My brother, when I told him what the movie was, I was going to go see. He was like, "Oh, so you're going to see a workplace harassment video?" Yeah, pretty much a ninety minute workplace harassment video, except with no call to action at the end. No, the, the opposite of a call to action. It's more like, uh, "Oh, this is just how it's all is." (laughs) Yeah. No. Exactly. It's like, so what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm just, I guess. I'm going to go back to work, I guess. I guess go back to work and not not go to HR. I don't know what to take from this thing. I can see why the audience score is so low. Yes, I get it. Because of the way it is, it is not a conventional mm-hmm. film, no. not a conventional plot at all. Mm-mm. Just a character study in a in a, a toxic work environment set in the entertainment industry. And I can see why it would make being so few theaters and make so little money. Yeah, I get it. 100%. I understand. All of these things. Uh, the, the options in the theaters this week were very interesting. There was that. There was that David Lowry horror film, The Lodge, which is also quite well-reviewed. How much money did that end up making with, like, no marketing whatsoever? The Lodge. About uh, uh, some young girl, some young kids, I think, and a, and a girl, like their babysitter, left uh, alone in the wilderness in a cabin in the wilderness and... There's some supernatural whatnot the lodge, happening the lodge, from a director of David Lowry, who did Pete's Dragon. Uh, made six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Six twenty-five thousand, but it's in double the screens. So, so there you go. But triple the money. Double the screens, triple the money of the assistant. Then there was that Italian mafia movie, The Traitor. That was two and a half hours long, mm. uh, but not as well reviewed. That was also coming out this weekend, apparently. Along with uh, what was the actual movie? What's the big movie that came out this weekend? What's at the top? Call of the Wild. The, how much did that make? Uh, twenty four million. That's okay, I guess. That uh, the reviews on the uh, on it all say that the the every instance of CG and wellness is off putting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, seriously, the dog reminds me more of Scooby Doo than anything. Oh man, like that Scooby Doo trailer we saw. Oh God, what the hell is that thing? I don't even. Wh- what the heck is it? Where are these movies coming from? Who asks for them? Who asks for them? Who made them? Why is it going on? So James Gunn recently uh, revealed on on the tweeters that when he did the OG Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. when he wrote it, and then you know they made it, they directed it. Uh, it was intended to be an R rated film. That that they were going for like 
R-rated comedy, like satirish sort of. That would have been fun. But if you watch it now, that's why there's certain elements of it are the way they are. And uh, like at one point, the van does pull up and a bunch of smoke pulls out. Yeah. And that's all like leftover stuff from all the stuff that they cut out to make it a much more family-friendly Scooby-Doo movie for kids. Interesting. Weird. Very weird. Hollywood would have been history. That's your would have been history segment of the week. My other thing is mm-hmm. death is coming. So the assistant is one of these little movies that uh, will come and go, and it's like I can't believe they made it, and now it's gone. And I can't believe people actually watched it, and I can't believe that I was one of those people. We did it though. We are here a testament to the power of not planning ahead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you know, walked into it not knowing at all what it was going to be. Hey, you went to me lose some. There was no... It was, I didn't even feel like it was a lose some. It was just they didn't have to see it in a theater. Uh, it probably would have been better to go see The Lodge. Maybe. It would have been more cinematic of a movie. Probably. As opposed to uh, a day in the life of an office worker mm-hmm. of a faux uh, Harvey Weinstein-ish. It was very... Um, Emotionally manipulative. Like I said. Like, how dare you, you bitch? It's like, I really trust you. You're such a, <laughs> I believe in you. You're smart. I can make you great. What the fuck's going on? Uh, I think we should stay. No, we should go. No, we should stay. Should I was, stay or should fine. I go? It was fine. It was whatever. It was the um, It was a movie. It was a movie, and we did see it. So let's get into our media diet to talk about the stuff that we've been getting into during the week. Uh, I've watched season four of Better Call Saul. And? And uh, it's very enjoyable. I'm enjoying it very much. It is funny how it is split up currently into two storylines. Uh, there's the the Jimmy McGill long evolution into Saul Goodman, which, uh, sort of spoiler, I guess, at the end of season four, hit the la- his last line of dialogue is like doing a finger gun thing, going, it's all good, man. Hey! So it's like next season's going to be like full-on Saul Goodman. Birth. Like, this is it. Saul Goodman is in business. Um, uh, so I think it's maybe one or two seasons left at this point. Word. And uh, so there's that whole storyline. And then the second storyline is uh, Gus Fring working with the Salamancas and uh, the the drug trade. And how and, all that gets set up yeah, all before it all breaks down. Like how it already is happening and where it gets to the point. And like, oh, that's kind of interesting too, and it's fine. But I really want the Jimmy McGill uh, salt stuff. Mm-hmm. And then every time it goes to the other stuff, it's like it's good, but it's also that's the more better. That's the more Breaking Bad ish. The more better, not the more better. It's the more Breaking Bad style, uh stuff, right? That is dragging the show more towards a Breaking Bad mm-hmm. uh, territory in terms of characters and and even like. The violence, any violence in the show comes from that side. Yeah. You know, Jimmy ain't killing no one, but yeah. uh, on the other side, man, it is bloody. Yeah. Well, I mean, got to have it in there for the kids. Yeah, the kids love, you know, the, those uh, those crazy cousins with the cowboy boots mm-hmm. with the skulls. The kids love those characters. Yeah. So you got to bring them back for the kids. You got to show them massacre or compound full of gangsters. So they can get massacred later. Man, it's such a good episode. It was so good. Love Breaking Bad. Um, so better call Saul season <laughs> four. I watched on Netflix. Season five starts uh, this weekend, I believe, uh, coming up. Right up. I think the last weekend of um, February. Um, I finished before they are hanged the second book in the first law trilogy. So I'm now a third of the way through the final book. Last argument of kings. I'm fully invested in this thing. All the characters, I want to see what's going to happen to them. They've all had huge journeys and shit. And you can see where it's like, you know, finally coming to a thing. They, 
there's this great thing done in this whole series where the main bad guy is almost almost Sauron ish. Mm-hmm. He's just a dude who's leading the yeah. the huge rebelling. He wants to be the new king. Uh, his name is Bethed. I'm now it's total of the three books is like 1500 pages i'm on like page 1200 there's yet to be a scene with bethed in it cool like i don't even know if this guy is like if he's real i love it you know it's i like, love i love it the, the big awful bad guy that you never see <laughs> you never see people talk about it all the time he's doing this he's probably doing that oh he's crafty that bethed and his witch his witch and he has some sort of witch um, and you see evidence of the witch's work but he don't know we still haven't had a yeah. a scene with the witch or anything have we no we haven't Maybe you never will, Chris. Maybe you never will. We'll see. I'm running out of pages. I'm down to 400 pages left. I'm good. Uh, really good. I read a lot of it yesterday. I'm really, really enjoying it. Very nice. Um, I got this Vizio that uh, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, not all the apps are on there automatically, and it doesn't have a way to download apps, so I have to do a lot of casting. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring that up is because they finally just added, I noticed, uh, the Disney Plus app. Nice. To, to my string of apps. I saw it there. I was like, oh, shit. So I logged in. Uh, and since I was there, I was like, oh, let's fucking watch some Disney stuff. So, of course, I watched the Disney stuff I could find. Star Wars. I put mm-hmm. on ep- Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Uh, and I watched the first hour of it before I started falling asleep. Because it was kind of late at night. And it's been a long day. So. Uh, it's kind of a boring movie. That is, yes. Shockingly boring. Uh, as I was watching for the first hour, even so, you're, I'm reading the the scroll. The, dude, even the when big, they talk about, they always make fun of for attack stuff. Dude, even the big stuff in the movie, like the pod racing, like it's not that cool. The pod race is where I started falling asleep. The pod mm. race is where I fell asleep. Yeah, um, one of the things I noticed, shock, shock, Drew, that the pod race had no music underneath it. It's just really? And I was like, oh, I was expecting the, there's some great John yeah. Williams. Uh, it's a long race, and there's like no music under it. I was I'm like, damn, this is an interesting choice to to try to let it be on its own. Uh, and now I'm like, it needs to, it needs the music. But I also like the physics of it, the way it's like two engines pulling uh, a cart of some sort. So it's like horses pulling mm. a chariot race style. That's the thing. So I liked a lot of the aesthetics more. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's the first Well, the Star Wars universe is awesome. Some, For the most it's part, it's yes. just the stories that George Lucas has chosen to tell are pretty awful. It's a boor- it's a boring story, th- this first hour, for sure. Um, and everyone is stiff because Lucas doesn't know what to do with the actors. So, so Neeson is stiff. And and McGregor is literally two years away from, like, train spotting here. Mm-hmm. So he's all, like, skinny yep. and weird looking. Um, the in the very beginning, like the Trade Federation blockade on Naboo and all that stuff, there's like these people that the Jedi go in to argue with, and they have they're fully practical, and they have um like masks that are, their faces or eyes and mouths are moving, and uh and they're sort of fishy people, so they have almost like loose skin that flaps as they move. Mm-hmm. They, they, they look incredible, and then it's jarring. Then when it goes to the to the Gungans. Jar Jar Binks oh and all them. God. And they're all CG. All CG. Looks terrible. Or also in the same scene where the fish people are running around, they have these like robot guys. The, those long face robot mm-hmm. things that uh, rope into balls. Uh, they all look terrible. And, uh, but, yeah. And then, even worse, there's a scene later where when they meet the Jar Jar, there's like all these uh, machines, these uh, uh, Empire shit. It's rolling through. Not, well, not Empire. You know what I mean. Rolling through and knocking down a bunch of forests. Mm-hmm. And there's like dinosaurs, CG animals running through the forest. And this is 
five years after four year, five years after Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and those dinosaurs don't look any better than the the CG, the Bronchiosaurus, yeah. and the whatever the Brachiosaurus, whatever that is, or the the Gallimimus well, uh, running through the fields. I, I mean, Chris, it took up until last year for them to finally trick my eyes with dinosaurs. No, with animals in general. For the most part. We'll see, though. What if we go La- back? What if we go back and watch it in five years and be like, oh, I can see. Be like, Lion King is garbage. Some of those close-ups. <laughs> that's the thing with the close-ups. The close-ups always look good. The close-ups in um, the Planet of the Apes movies, like, those look good. And yeah. so when they get back, even in Lion King, when they film, show them far away, you can see a little bit of them. Um, so some of the actual stuff is like, damn, this is like some of the best practical effects work possible of that day. Yeah. And then the CG stuff is like, it's, it's the best. <laughs> it's some of the best stuff they could do of that day, but it still looks terrible. Yeah. It ages poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story, the age, no age is a boring story, man. All this tax stuff and, and Anakin and Padme hiding out as her own handmaiden, as Nally, uh, as uh, Kira Knightley sitting there with makeup. Um, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Boring. Dreading watching Attack yeah. of the Clones. Well, then don't. I want to I wanna know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I torture myself. Uh, so that's that's pretty much been my week, etc. In terms of media diet, what do you got on the plate? Oh, I mean, watch The Outsider. You know, oh yeah, sure, watch so, that as well. Absolutely, you know, great show. Avenue Five, still continuing with that. Oh, interesting. Oh, uh, and then I watched a bunch of stand up on Netflix. What happened in this week's The Outsider? Remind me. Uh, Holly Gibney mm-hmm. got a uh had to deal with the dude, yep. right? Yep. What happened? Why can't I remember? Because not much happened. Something happened. Something, something happened, Drew. Come on. Not really. It was more. It, it was a lot of just like putting all the pieces together that you'd been given, and like presenting that, and then still just moving forward. Because the uh, the Spanish dude, he's all like, just keep your mind open about Okuku, mm-hmm. okay? And Ben Mendelsohn's like, I, no. I'm gonna go look for facts, uh, because I'm a cop. I'm a uh, cat. El Cuco. Uh, also, what? So, El, yeah. El Cuco's real, though, Joe. Bunch of stand up. Are you afraid of El Cuco? No. Because you're avoiding the El Cuco conversation, I noticed. Sure. You are. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to bring up Maybe the boogeyman. Oh, El my God. Drew Sakagward. <laughs> That's the death of my belief in El Cuco. Uh, watched uh, the Ronnie Cheng special on who? Netflix. Who? The Asian guy from The Daily Show. Okay. His name's I, I, I've been watching Daily Show. His name's Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang. It's uh, the name of the special: Asian comedian destroys America. Okay. It's quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's just, a reason he's on the Daily Show. Just typical hour long. Yep. Uh, stand up. Uh, does he get political in the stand up? Not really. He's on Daily well, show? I mean, no? he just what's he, his style? The, the, the only political stuff he talks about is kind of it, it's more cultural because he's, identity politics. Yeah, because he's from. Like he he's Chinese from Malaysia, mm-hmm. so and he worked his way to America. Okay, so like his first language is Chinese. Nice. So you know he's like Asian, 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 and it's so it's from that perspective. Interesting. And that it's comes, good. So then obviously it comes yeah. through then in yeah. his humor and his perspective. Oh, all right. Maybe it's I, funny. Maybe I'll actually it's it's, it's worth watching. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay, Ronnie Chang. Also watched. Uh, and after that, I was mm. like, you know what? Mm. I never watched the uh, Trevor Noah Afraid of the Dark. His okay. first, his first one. Yeah. So I watched that. Was that from before he was even, or right on the same time? Like that was right as like like he just gotten the job. Okay. On Daily Show. So like four. Or five it was years all right. Ago. Just, just all right. Yeah. Uh, watched 
uh, the Tom Papa special, You're Doing Great, and then I followed it up with, with his earlier one, Live in New York. Uh-huh. Never heard of this guy before. You never heard of Tom him. Papa? Watched both the specials and laughed pretty hard. He's a funny guy. He's yeah. one. He's for sure one of these like um like comedians, comedians. Well, and he's also dudes. like an old school guy. Like yes. he 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 comes up and he's wear, still wearing a suit. Yeah. Like no matter what, he's yeah, in a yeah. black suit. Like you, I, I you put a Derbyshire in it, on his head and a fucking martini in his hand, and he can be sitting next to Sinatra. Yeah, he's like from the the Greg Proop school of eighties, uh, nineties, yes. uh, coming up comedy mm-hmm. in the circuit, in the blazer. Yeah, yeah, Tom Papa's yeah. an old school kind of guy. And it's funny how in comedy, if you are good enough, you can like make a long career just yeah. doing these clubs, and if you can just sock away enough money, do it right. Yeah, it works. Yep. Oh, yeah, and Greg Proops, speaking of him, he's in the episode one. There's like a two-headed announcer thing during the pod race. The one's like, God, we and then Greg Proops is like, well, he's making a turn around the railroad. Yeah, that like sounds that. about right. That's pretty funny. Uh, after that, watched uh, all the Jim Gaffigan specials. All of that them? That were on Netflix. Oh, okay. <laughs> God damn, that's a lot of specials. There, there were five, so, you know, it's giving me something to do because, you know, like I said, a canceled cable recently so now i have to choose what garbage i watch yeah absolutely yeah i, I canceled cable as well because i mean who gives a shit do yeah. you have yourself the digital antenna and all that so you can you no bother with i don't that? even care it's like a one-time purchase and you just have them in case you need to watch um the super bowl i don't care the oscars nope uh beauty pageant and westminster dog show and then i watched a uh documentary on hbo called the inventor colon out for blood in silicon valley uh, is that about uh, Theranos? Yes. Okay. About what's her name? Yeah, exactly. Elizabeth. Whatever the fuck her name was. Debicki. That's an actress. Uh, they're making a movie with uh, J J Law. I mean, it's fascinating. Oh, it's uh, she was the like she really looked up to Edison, and uh, once she found the whole fake it till you make it story, yeah, uh, then she decided to try that too. Uh, More like the secret where she's like, I'm going to manifest this thing to work somehow. Yeah, exactly. Like, the problem was, like, Edison figured out how to do the light bulb. Some things. Figured out the light bulb, yeah, sure. And uh, she figured out nothing. She figured out how to raise money. She figured out how to blow $900 million. She figured out how to to raise and sell other people's money. And how to get some very powerful old white men on her board. Oh, yeah, that's important. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. Like G- General Mattis was on her board. Henry Kissinger was on her board. Nice. Like fucking big names. Well, the, what she was promising was crazy. Well, yeah. And, and then like, oh yeah, I want to. And get it was it. all a lie. I want to get in on this. So that's why. I mean, come on, it's, ven- it's venture capitalism. When does it become uh, trade secrets? What, trade secrets. Trade secrets. Trade secrets. At what point does it become a lie? You're just working, working. At the, some point, it's like this is not coming together the way we thought it would. Mm-hmm. And then you just gotta be honest about it. So you're like, look, we thought more people would be interested in our event on two twenty nine. We were, we were wrong. wrong. Just come on out. It's gonna be a good time. We swear. I promise. Uh, we're not gonna mope. We're not gonna mope. We're not gonna be mopey. <laughs> we'll be drunk. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's already been a few weeks for the McMillions thing. Sorry, right? They're like three or four weeks into that. Oh, uh, yeah. There's six, there's gonna be six episodes. I know there's six. Total. So we've got after this week, we've got two more weekends until we can binge it. Yeah, we get ready. Get ready to binge that baby. Yeah. Um. And then there's uh Westworld. They put out a trailer for that. That's starting yeah. uh in a couple weeks here in March. Looking forward to that. And uh, the Hunters just started on. 
Amazon haven't watched it yet. But they're they're doing one episode at a time, right? Are they? I think so. Damn it! I think that's uh they're doing the slow release burn on that one. All right, so I gotta wait. You can wait. You can wait. You can watch it with. The, you can get in on the cultural conversation if there is one. We'll see. You never know how sometimes people are cultural conversation. Uh, Nazis are bad. Okay. Okay, but how's Al Pacino get him? He's like, oh ha. He's, oh. he's an old Jew. I'm an, I'm an old Jew hunter. No, I'm an old Nazi hunter now. I was about to say an old Jew hunter. What kind of? What are you watching, Chris? <laughs> he's played old Jewish guys before. He likes yeah. doing Merchant of Venice. Where no, you're right. He did. Yeah, guy? he did. Shylock, yeah, Shylock uh, the Jew, very uh, questionable portrayal of Jewish. Uh, well, I mean, personage. this was written in what the 1300s, <laughs> so I mean, give him, give, give him a break. It's what I mean. <laughs> it was actually very progressive for today. Uh, I was listening to. I mean, I'm sure that's where the stereotype came from, probably, and probably maybe, maybe, probably no, why it held on as long or, as it yeah, did. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe why it persisted. No. Uh, I was listening to this uh, podcast where someone was talking about archaeology and how uh, archaeology in, in depicted in video games and, and movies is absurd. Yes. and Because um, it's all Indiana Jones style. Indiana Jones style. But even Indiana Jones, that was the thing. Bring up Indiana Jones. Uh, at least when he does the teaching and classes and stuff, like all that stuff. Is that is, yeah. yeah. That's actual. Like, yeah. No, that That is the majority of archaeology, actually. Yeah, but that, or yeah. like when you, when you see just like the passing videos of like some person just like sitting there brushing sand away with like the finest brush uh-huh. there's a lot of that too uh, but in the but in like the in like 200 degree deserts but at that time so it takes place in the late 30s uh, and he's like trying to all those movies and he's like always trying to get artifacts to put in a museum well yeah and, and he's even arguing someone's like it belongs in a museum and that was like the quote wokish uh, viewpoint of the day well yeah as opposed to we're looting some other yeah. country's cultural heritage mean, and yeah, exactly. p- making a profit off it over here in England. Yeah, the, precisely. Yeah. Precisely correct. Did you know now the idea is to keep it in the ground? You scan the technology to examine it that way, but don't dig it out? Mm, cool. They don't dig things out anymore unless uh, that's a chance of it being destroyed by development. Yeah. Otherwise, just leave it in there. That's the new archaeology. Cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So less, less of that dusting stuff. Yeah. More of a, like a boop type of... Scan, scanning, red, right, red lines, mm-hmm. lasers, a lot of lasers. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I watch National Geographic. I know what they're doing with l- fucking LiDAR technology these days. They've, they, they've found like over, fi- over 500 Area pyramids in uh, Egypt that yeah. nobody knew about. Because they're all under uh, sand. Yeah, a- a- entire lost cities in uh, the Yucatan Peninsula that are... That are just covered by jungle right now. I just got this book called Lost City of the Monkey God, and it's about uh, uh, a lost, like one of these, like Lost City of Z type things in Honduras, mm-hmm. and they found it with um, a plane flying overhead doing uh, resonance imaging. Yeah, and they're like, "Damn, this is not just a city; it's a whole civilization." Yeah. Uh, so uh, apparently, the book is about a team, and it's written by the guy who led it. Uh, like a team going in there to find this place and then having to do battle with the elements like the snakes and everything then come the out jungle and, all, <laughs> and then all of them the survivors coming out like I assume they're survivors uh, yeah coming out coming out with um some unidentifiable disease that they haven't been able to, mm-hmm. to that they, they've that sounds about been right. living with yeah. that happened to Teddy Roosevelt he went to South America do some expeditions there this was post presidency yeah. and he got a malaria while he was there and the malaria like never left. He had malaria flare-ups for the rest of his life, where he would just all of a sudden get really sick and feverish, 
and uh, and then finally it just weakened him and he died. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, real bummer. The jungle's actively trying to kill you. Stay out of the jungle, people. Listen to Werner Herzog. Yes, yes. (laughs) Listen to me. The world is chaos, death, and chaos. I want to see the baby. The the birds aren't singing. They're screaming in agony. The birds are screeching. (laughs) They don't sing. They screech. They scream in agony. They screech in agony. It's it's an insignificant bullet. After hearing that, I was just like, you're fucking... God damn it. He's, He's insane. You're... So wacky. <laughs> it's death. Death is around us. <laughs> Even young, young, young Werner. Uh, man, is it out there? Go to, go to Just Watch. You have the app, the Just Watch app. It's a good app. Yeah. You go to that app, and see if it's streaming anywhere. My best fiend, as I can friend, mm-hmm. my best fiend, Klaus Kinski. And it's a Werner Herzog documentary because you know him and his documentaries. Yeah. And it's about him working with Klaus Kinski and him telling a bunch of stories about him and telling his life because it's after he passed away, I believe. Um, 99. Yes. Uh, it came out in 99? Yeah. You can get it. Fandor is the only thing it's on. Fandor for streaming? Yeah. How about for rent? Uh, Amazon. It's on uh, okay. so and it's Microsoft. On, so it's available for rent. Yeah. Uh, man, I highly recommend it. Fantastic documentary. Uh, House Kinsey's insane. Herzog has stories about him like leaving the set of uh, Fitzcarraldo, I think it was, and like getting on a boat and having some guy row him out of the Amazon because they filmed on the Amazon. And uh, Werner Herzog went and got a rifle, and he was like, he yelled him from the shore. He was like, oh, if you leave, I'm going to shoot you, and then I'm going to shoot myself because this is, this is it. I put everything into this movie, and if you leave... I mean, if you really want to watch fucking... I mean... First, you should watch Fitzcarraldo, and then you should watch Burden of Dreams and to realize just how crazy of a movie you actually just watched. Because that's the making of as it's being made. And then My Best Fiend covers that, and they made yeah. a bunch of movies together. Because they're fucking insane people. Yeah, they made like five or six movies together, and they, they would hate each other, but then they would work together. Um, definitely check it out, guys. Good stuff. It is. Move on now to the break. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back with the second half. We got emails and newsies and things like that. And uh, that'll be episode 372 in the book. So we're. We go. We are back. What up? How you doing? Episode 372 of Cinema Crespity. So continues unabated. Drusa Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Where can people find you online? <clears throat> at Antihair419. Facebook and Instagram. Follow at Drusa Cogburn on Twitter. It's not me, but they do a great job. Where can people find you in real life? Around Orlando. Ooh. Sometimes. Find him. It's like Pokemon. Catch them all. Don't. don't. Please don't find me. Hot up. 
Cinema Crespediso on Instagram, Crespediso on Twitter. Join our Facebook group, Cinema Crespediso. Look us up. It's a semi-fun time. It is Facebook. It's awful, but, you know, it's uh, for being Facebook. Our group is pretty chill. The uh, email is cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at I am Chris Crespo. Are you guys writing this down? There's also pftmedia.com has all of our shows. We've got about a dozen active shows going right now. Uh, ChrisCrespo.com is my own website. And uh, let me see what else is there. Uh, you guys are writing this down, aren't you? No. And then there's the, the PFT event, like I said, February 29, Leap Day. It's a leap year, Leap Day. Uh, I mean, why do you want to go to any of these other are, awesome events that are in town? Ignore are, are, those and come we, to ours instead. Are we leaping a day? Or are we leaping a year? We're doing both. It's what, amazing. What's going on? We're adding a second to the atomic clock. I'm very confused. In order uh, for, oh, full, uh, full for, our, for our harvest <clears throat> seasons to continue to sync up properly. It's very important. No. So uh, people can also... What else can they do? Oh, Patreon.com. That's what I was thinking of. Patreon.com slash Crespities. So we just did an episode on Darkman. Uh, we are two movies down into our 12 months of Seagal. We got another one coming up in a few weeks. But before that, we're going to do a very special Crespities Film School episode this week that I hope our Patreon Patreon subscribers are looking forward to. Patreon.com slash Crespities. So sign up for anywhere from $1 to $5, even more than 5 Sign up for 10 bucks if you want. Sign up for 20 You can be a $30 a month subscriber. What will get you? The same thing it gets you for a dollar. But we will appreciate you more than those $1 freeloaders. No, we love you guys. You're great. Uh, I suspect our actual freeloaders. Um, I think, is that everything? Okay, that's it. Thank you very much, everyone. All right. That's it. The episode. We are done this week. Uh, we haven't had many guests in 2020. I did. I think I even vocalized that on the show. Uh, but I am aiming to have less guests this year. More of just Drew Sakagwin and myself. Uh, people like it when it's just you and I, Drew. They really like this chemistry. The banter. The banter. Between the two of us. The wit. The camaraderie. The years of... Staring at each other face to face for an hour a week. The way we've done it has been has resulted in a thing that can't be matched elsewhere. It's very unique uh, uh, chemistry of of someone who likes it and a person who does it. And it's a <laughs> lot of fun when it comes together uh, in a way that it's uh, exciting for listeners. Okay, if you I say think, so. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. They, they ask for it. Though. I mean, uh, we do have a guest in a couple weeks uh, coming up. Maybe a pair of guests we'll see. Uh, uh, Someone uh, to promote their their local burlesque show. Uh, so I was like, yeah, sure. We'll talk about your titties. Why not? Why not? So sure. It'll be fun. Okay. Uh, you know, with the pasties and stuff. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's that type of thing. Yeah. Um, it's tasteful. Drew, don't look at me like that. It's tasteful. All right? I mean, I doubt it. But look, okay. I know it offends your Christian sensibilities. All right? Hey, Grew up Catholic. Roman Catholic. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's so dyed in the wool. The guilt is just it's radiating off you in a way that I can't even... Uh, it's making me feel guilty in a way. It should. Yeah. I know. The, 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 That's the point of it. The Catholicism spill-off is intense. That's why I don't believe anymore. But you do, though. No. I can tell it. I can see it no. in your eyes. Nope. That's why you keep that crucifix under your shirt <laughs> i don't we don't really talk about it but you got that crucifix <laughs> no i don't yeah you do 
I'm pretty sure if I wore a crucifix, like it would be yeah, crucifix burning on my shirt. flesh right yeah, now. Yeah, crucifix on your shirt. You keep a rifle in your pocket for JFK. Mm-hmm. Got, got little, just, just in case he comes back. A little Derringer in your other pocket for Abraham Lincoln. Huh? Yeah. Just in case he comes back. Just in case he comes back. <laughs> just like, I'm on your side, bro. <laughs> you, got, you got the... Yeah. That, that, that new lapel for Saddam Hussein, but you have to keep explaining to me, but no, this is for Saddam. Like, why are you walking around with that new son? Like, no, it's for, this is for Saddam, man. So you got the good for JFK, and I got the cross for Jesus. Walk around with the things that killed the people that we appreciate. You know, Saddam Hussein was such a crazy asshole that he thought he was the reincarnation of Gilgamesh. Of Gilgamesh? Which one was Gilgamesh again? The ancient ruler of Sumer, which was, you know, okay. Iraq. Back in the day, birth of civilization. Has did anyone prove him wrong? I guess when they killed him, <laughs> yeah. There's this guy who uh, he walks around. There's an old this old dude. He's an atheist. He walks around with a hundred dollars in his wallet, and he has a license plate that he had to. There's a reason why I know about this because it was in a, he had a two year legal fight with the state of I think Kentucky or Kansas, and he just won based on free, freedom of speech grounds. But for years, he's had in another state a license plate that says, I'm God. Okay. I am G-O-D. I'm okay. God. Yeah. And then uh, one state, let him have him for 12 years, moved mm-hmm. to another state, and he had a fight for two years mm-hmm. to get him, and he got it. Uh, his whole thing, and it's only happened a couple times, or a few times, but people stop him to confront him about the plate. Normally, people get it, but people stop and confront him about it. And he'll be like, well, prove, prove to me that I'm not God. And if you can prove I'm not God, I'll give you a hundred bucks right now. And he has a hundred bucks waiting for the first person that can prove to him that he's not God. Outside of murdering the I was man. about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. Outside of murdering I know, him. I know a quick way to prove that he's not God. Uh, outside, outside of physical assault. How could he prove he's not gay? I mean, outside of physical stuff, even it's then, hard. even then, if you beat him up, he could be like, "As your, as your God, I'm like a peaceful God. You don't have, yeah. to, you know, uh, yeah." You could still argue that. I mean, he could. Doesn't really prove anything. No, murder is really the only way. Murder is the only way to prove that he's not God. Yeah, but then you can take more than hundred bucks. I mean, you can take everything. Take his wallet. Yeah. Take his car. Take the clothes off his back. Whatever you want. Take his weird. Uh, Weird license plate. His weird atheist hat. Mm-hmm. Definitely his license plate. <laughs> I'm God now, mother- <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, so yes, maybe you Gil- uh, Saddam was Gilgamesh, and we just never uh, did our due diligence mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. one. Maybe Drew is uh, the Phantom Lord from the from the negative zone, and he's here to to rule over all of us here in the coming days that are obviously happening all around us. I mean, it'd be really nice if I knew that myself. No, no, no one's But that's the thing. That. It's a last minute reveal. And, <laughs> like, and like your quote personality just gets wiped away like Zool yeah, style. Uh-huh, and yeah. I'm like, Drew, is that you? There is no Drew. <laughs> there, there is no. I got No, how come that's nope. not working? Oh, it's broken. Drew, it's broken, Drew. You busted it, Chris. Drew. Drew Sakogburn. <laughs> Drew Sakogburn. Drew, no. You don't understand. You don't know what you're doing. What, what, what happened to my Drew? Chris, all right. Let's move on, shall we? Please. Okay. Forward. Okay, fine. Not backward. Forward, please. I appreciate. I appreciate that. Welcome to Email Park. We got emails going to Cinema Crispy. Singular. So- Not emails. We have email. We got email coming pouring <laughs> in, and we read them on the show. This is what all podcasts do. This is a. St- Staple of podcasting, Drew. When I'm like, I don't want to do nothing. You send us emails, and, then and you we'll do the work for us. And then we'll read them, and then we'll give you a half listen to answer. Uh, so, Drew, take it away. 
Uh, we got email from Carmella. What's up, Carmella? Carmella, make sure listen to a cram it in your ears. It's all available on SoundCloud, WGOT. Uh, 100 <laughs> It's entitled What's on the Telly? Mm-hmm. And he's got a review of a couple shows he's been watching. Nice. Here, the the Hunters. Okay. Oh, there we go. You mentioned that. Nice. Nazi Hunters in a 70s America Tarantino-inspired TV show. Is it called Hunters or The Hunters? The Hunters. The Hunters. It's fun and super violent. Wow is the tone is really all over the place. Okay. Pacino is pretty good as the leader of a Nazi hunter group. Is it too derivative of Tarantino and 70s exploitation movies? Question mark. Mm, interesting. Maybe. Streaming on Amazon. Okay. All right. Uh, Mythic Quest colon Raven's Banquet. This, this sounds like something he made up. Mythic Quest? It's not. I've seen a commercial. This colon Raven's Banquet. Okay. The Always Sunny crew do a version of Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. This show is about a group of misfits that design video games and stars Rob McElhenney. McElhenney. That guy who got fat and then got ripped. Uh-huh. As the boss, okay. and it works pretty well. Gamers like Drew will probably appreciate it more than I do. Okay. A lot of the show plots are ripped from real video game news stories. Streaming on on Apple Plus. Oh, oh Apple Plus. I'll never see it. God damn it. Uh, the Connors. <laughs> I mean, come on. I want to see know. that Shyamalan show. Yeah, nope. I'm never going to. It's going right in a pile with Picard and Twilight Zone and all these other streaming services. I mean, especially once uh, HBO Max whatever. comes through. Yeah, yeah, it turns into HBO Max. I'm already paying the 15 bucks a month without all that extra content. Uh, the Connors. Uh, there's the, the live episode? That's from uh, after Super Bowl, right? I thought Roseanne's racist bullshit would have led to the demise of this show. However, the show got a lot better a year after interesting in year two without her interesting dan goodman is amazing and the guests are pretty much the who's who of hollywood the show isn't perfect but the writing is really solid for a network show does it already say dan goodman yes it means john goodman as dan dan just, yeah i know i know i know i'm just reading bro i know if you're up watching the show i'd give this roseanne less version a shot abc uh, they I, did that live episode uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I don't that need went. to watch a sitcom about white trash. I lived it. I know. Well, yeah, that's why. But then don't you then you identify with it? Like, oh, no. there's people just like me on TV. Um, I actually didn't really watch Roseanne growing up, so I was never a big fan anyway. So when they did the revival, it's like, yeah, whatever. I didn't care. And then when she lost her job, I was like, yeah, well, there you go. That's well, no, exactly. I was, happens when you work with a crazy racist. I mean, John Goodman was always great on the show, but that, I mean... There's no really, really reason to watch it. Uh, yeah, John Goodman's like fantastic. I mean, yeah, they're all good people on there, but shit. I mean, we all, there's only okay. enough time in the day. Um, uh, go ahead. And all the pizza, all the pizza. What if Wes Anderson made a reality travel show about pizza? Okay. This show centers around Carlo, who has, who ha- has goes on, who goes on a journey, after he discovers he has a pizza addiction. The host is instantly likable. And this show is more of a comedy than a food travel show. Andrew WK is one of the, is on one of the episodes, so that tells you all you really need to know. Yeah. Streaming on Hulu. A Hulu show. Write that down, Hulu. Sounds interesting, actually. Um, uh, There's something when we were talking about the Connors, I was making me think about how I was going to bring up the fact that there's the thing... With the person and the stuff that made me think about how it was like, I'm just trying to jump start my there. brain. I'm yeah, tr- oh, it's not really working, is it? Damn it! Uh, all the pizza sounds fun. You can throw Wes Anderson out there, then I'm gonna be interested. Yeah. 
Faisal in front of uh, this movie today. They showed the trailer for the French Dispatch. Uh, that was my first time seeing it. Uh, so it looks like it's an anthology of some sort. Of sorts, I know, right? Yeah, that's fun. No. Bunch of little stories. I'm into that. We'll see. We will we, we'll see. We, all, we are at the point where a Wes Anderson movie does appear to be a parody of itself. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, it's so Wes Anderson-y. I was like, oh, I mean, is he taking the piss out of himself now? I don't know. Is that what's happening? Who knows? Or, or, or maybe this is just peak Anderson. Are we at peak Anderson? We will only be at, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Paul W.S. Anderson has a movie coming out this year with Mila Jovovich. We got a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, if we can only get Brad Anderson out there, and then, of course, there's also... Uh... <laughs> oh, Bob Pete Anderson. Of course. Paul Thomas. Does he have a movie? It's called Staring into the Wheat Field. I would know. <laughs> no, his movie would be uh what what did he make? I don't He is making something actually. What is PT Anderson making? Anyway, that's not that's not how you do news. So that's it for emails. Alright, well, there we go. That's it for emails. The the shark just ate that email segment and shat it out. We appreciate you, Cremella. Thank you so much for chiming in on all the on the TV stuff that you're watching. Um, Alright, here we go Next segment It's my show, it's my home We got some movie news and streaming stories Drew, I got about a dozen stories here Of varying shapes and sizes uh, Give me number two, one and twelve Two That's just how we're going to start So we'll get back around to one at the very end Number two uh, de- Deadly Green County shooting involves stunt woman, her husband, and an ex Okay This is a, this is a crazy story uh, this happened in Miami Township, Green County. What the hell is Green County? What am I reading? The Dayton Daily News. This is in Ohio. So the stunt lady, her, she was a stunt lady for um, Sharon Stone, Brooke Shields. She was in a Thomas Crown Affair, doubled for Rene Rousseau. She was just recently in the Lethal Weapon series. Um, Back to the Future Part 2, she went through the, the courthouse window. Okay. Actually got hurt on that set, sued, because she broke bones in her face, right arm and hand, because she hit the, oh, uh, the bones in her face, right arm and hand were shattered when she hit the concrete after a cable was released during a flying stunt. Nice. There we go. Um, stunt work for Jessica Alba in 2016. Married to a licensed real estate agent. What had happened was, uh... Two people dead Wednesday outside a multi outside a million dollar home near Yellow Springs. An ex husband allegedly uh, fatally shot his former Hollywood stunt woman ex wife and her current husband. So she and her husband, uh, like movie style with guns, tried to ambush their ex. Fun. Uh, and he had a gun on him and and fired everybody's back dead. And they had a shootout. No, I think he's still alive. Oh, okay. Uh, they oh actually someone else they declined the name the resident who allegedly shot and killed the two people who reportedly came onto his property with guns and are using a camera system to monitor activity there. Fun times, cool. So uh, Hollywood's fun. Stunt people uh, get treated very well on set, like mm-hmm. they did in Back to the Future. And then uh, I'm sure their post post traumatic head injuries are. Uh, I was talking to Simon about his. Uh, his wrestling gig that we saw, he uh, cut himself too deep. Uh, he gigged himself too deep, uh, so he's like just sitting at home, uh, picking at his face, and just starts bleeding all over the place. And then uh, uh, Cha Cha Charlie fucked up on the drop kick with the chair and uh, hit him too hard, or hit the chair too hard, and uh, he, he gave himself a mild concussion with the chair. Nice. 
So, what did uh, you get for wrestling, buddy? Oh no, successful, <laughs> successful night of wrestling. Um, Escape from New York remake in the works for years. One of those things that they've been trying to do over and over. Uh, but someone threw out a very interesting suggestion: Lee Wano. We got this Invisible Man movie coming out. He did upgrade. He's got a suggestion for uh, Snake Plissken. Mm-hmm. The suggestion to replace Kurt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Okay. Why not? That's fine. It's right there. Let's just let, let's restart the franchise. Except let's do it right. Go back to Cleveland. Yes. Get what happened in Cleveland. Yes. Escape from Cleveland. Doom doom. Boom boom. Man, exactly. that'd be fun. If no. we can do a fun sci-fi. Uh, I'm crazy. He gets caught up with a bunch of street gangs and outlaw Cleveland. Uh, he can hear. We can hear about how New York is a prison. You can hear about the president, whoever his name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, find some old guy. But, for, but first, he's got to get out of Cleveland. And, and then, and then he's and like, then, "Why do I care about New York? I got to get out of Cleveland." And, and then in the next movie, when they talk about that shit that happened, how'd you get out of Cleveland? Then we'll know. That will know. How'd you get out of Cleveland? Now we'll know about Cleveland. Um. Movie phone. Remember movie phone? Vaguely, yes. Vaguely. I, I, I more remember the Seinfeld episode where Kramer tries to take over his movie yeah, phone. Yeah, because he was one number off, so people were calling him, so he just like started grabbing the paper and be like, why don't you tell me the name of the movie you want to see? Um, movie phone, Drew, is worth 1% of its former value at this point. I mean, yeah. And it's being run by one employee after his parent, com- parent company declared bankruptcy. You mean after his parents declared bankruptcy? After it's because it's just, no no his parents because his, it's just one guy who lives in his parents' garage. It's just one guy now who lives in his parents' garage who's just answering the phone like hello do you want to see a movie? We'll check the fucking internet. It's like let me see I got Fandango here. What movie do you want to see? Where, what's your zip code? That parent company drew happens to be Helios and Matheson Analytics, known now infamously known for being the company that bought a uh, controlling share of Movie Pass. Oh. Lowered the price of $10 and then started that whole fiasco. Got the movie pass up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's right there. In memorandum. Mm-hmm. Rest in power movie pass. Uh, movie phone's intellectual property is estimated to be $4.3 million. That's just 1.1% of AOL's $388 million stock deal for movie phone back in 1999. Mm. Right before the internet bubble burst. $400 million of stock that are now worth nothing. Yep. Sounds about right. Um... Yeah, man, movie phone. That was a good time. You call movie phone back in the day, one hundred movie phone, and you punch it in, and you can hear the commercials and the trailers and get the showtime. It was awful. It was a wonderful time to be alive. You didn't like it? You didn't like movie phone? Never used it. Never even used it? Nope. We just went to the theater and we're like, well, what we got going on here? Uh, use a newspaper? There was always a newspaper at the house. So I just used paper. Newspapers are good, too. Absolutely. Remember back in the day when you would actually open a paper to see what time a movie was playing? Yeah. And there'd be like uh, ads for movies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's back when newspapers were things. Were they things? My parents still get the Sunday paper, but it wasn't there today. M- maybe they finally shut down. Random Sentinel shut down, didn't tell anyone? Yeah. But then I want my dollar back, because I paid a dollar for like six months worth of digital access. Yeah. I want at least 75 cents back, because that was only a couple months ago. Man of the Apes. Going through a little bit of a um, industry drama, sort of, in a way, in terms of the way it's reported. So, Planet of the Apes, that earlier in the week, it came out news. Some sites are reporting that it was going to be a reboot of the whole series. Okay. 
just yet again, there's a start from the beginning. Find a new way to get into this Planet of the Apes story. Um, the director is Wes Ball, who did the Maze Runner series. Okay. Those movies. Um, Wes Ball tweeted, like someone tweeted at him. was like, hey, is this really going to be a reboot? And his tweet is, uh, is really funny because um, someone tweeted at him. All right, Mr. Wes Ball, it's your turn, Planet of the Apes. And he replied, it's never been easier for film journalists to actually get in touch with the actual people who actually knew, but maybe it's the point to not fact check these days. Regardless, don't worry. I won't ruin the surprises, but it's safe to say Caesar's legacy will continue. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, emo- uh, um, emoji? Uh, uh, shh, shh, emoji. Whatever. Like, I won't, I won't talk. Like, keep it quiet. Okay. Like a zip. Type of zip it. Zip. Remember that? Awesome powers. Um... So it will be some sort of sequel continuation of of not necessarily the direct continuation of the Caesar storyline, but it is post in that world where monkeys, the apes are already smart. They're already evolved. We're not gonna see again how it happens and all that shit in the initial battle. It, we're gonna be moved past that. Okay. Um you know whose favorite movies these are? Peter von Taborski's Scotch and Good Conversation. The original Plan of the No, I, I had a buddy who loved these things. I've seen them all. People like really do flip for these things. Um, I guess I think people of a certain age, older, some older people. I mean, the first one I get, it's good sci-fi. Yeah, sure. It's a, based on a book. But after that, French novel, it, I believe. It, it goes downhill real fast. Uh, they did a funny thing where Charlton Heston, Heston, he agreed to come back for the sequel because A, they met his price, and then B... Uh, he's like, you're going to kill my character and you're going to blow up the planet. So you can't get me to come back for a third one. They did kill his character, but and they did blow up the planet. But then they're like, fuck it. Well, it's science fiction, baby. We'll just do it. To yep. Another dimension, a wormhole, planet's back. Make three more of these. Things. Yeah. Um, but the Matt Reeves ones, well, Rupert Wyatt, I believe. Rupert Sanders, Rupert Wyatt. There's two Ruperts working out there. God. Uh, he's the one who directed the first one and, uh, you know, set the table pretty well. Andy Circus was Caesar in that one, and then uh, Matt Reeves in the other two. Uh, now he's doing the Batman. Uh, that, those pictures came out of the uh, stuntman in the bat suit on the bat bike, mm-hmm. looking like, you know, some sort of bat um, football field. player. Yeah. <laughs> he does look like a bat football player. He's got, like, shoulder pads. I like his. Um, it looks like he has uh, little shooter thingies, shooter yeah. thingies on his arms, uh, like gauntlets. Yeah. Uh, that's what they call those things, gauntlets. Um, and he looks it's like a like a two. It's interesting. He's not as thick as Affleck, but he does look a little bulkier than Bale, costume wise. Yeah. Anyway, Affleck's thing was more of that cloth, though. You could see more in Justice League. The uh, like the drawn version, yeah. more almost uh, Adam Westy version. This looks more like the Christian Bale, Dark Knight, uh, tactical. Yeah, more real world, more real world, but but bulkier. Almost looks like a a slim down Halo suit with like an open face. Uh, yeah, kind of in a I way, kind of a Master Chiefy. Yeah. You can see the the pointy ears. Mm-hmm. The ears are pretty pointy. Yep, I like it. You were wondering about the mirrors. I wanted some ears. I wanted some pointy ears. Like, they're hiding the ears. Why are they hiding the ears? They're pretty pointy. Because they're floppy. Uh, I think they're happy with that coming out, too, because they were getting a lot of, like, Daredevil comparisons. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's because they didn't show the ears. Yeah. Um, so having the ears shown, it's like, okay, now it looks a little more, a little more Batman-y. Batman-y is uh, my, my Spanish satire Batman character that I'm working on. Batman-y. Yo, yo soy Batman-y. 
Batman Well. Batman Well was the name of the Batman character in the Tick TV show, the live action one. But that's because they made him a Spanish guy and called him Batman Well. And the cartoon, remember the name of his name in the cartoon? The Flater Mouse. Ah. <laughs> the opera. And then he was just a white guy called the mm-hmm. Flater Mouse. Um, let's see here. We got moving on now. Rose. Oh, man, this is a funny story. <laughs> remember we talked about um, Natalie Portman at the Oscars had that jacket with the names of mm-hmm. sp- female directors that were not uh, nominated at the Oscars. And then Rose McGowan was like, bitch, you, none of you, you make movies and the only lady director you've hired is yourself. You've been making eight or 11 movies. And then Portman responded back and she was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, it's hard to make movies out there with women who keep trying. I have done these other projects, et cetera, et cetera. But I agree with you, actually. You know, it's not brave what I did. I just did a thing. Uh, so now Rose McGowan was like, yo, my bad. <laughs> she walked it back. Uh didn't exactly say by name or anything, but this was a tweet. My critique should have been about Hollywood's ongoing culture of silence. I realized that by critiquing someone personally, I lost sight of the bigger picture. All voices, however, spoken are valid. Let's all keep pushing boundaries whenever we can. It's going to get out of there. So uh, this very uh, tr- public trying to call someone out, uh, backfired in the face a little bit. Just like, yo, my bad. I don't even know why I, uh, us white ladies got to stick together. Am I supposed to care? I'm just updating people on this story. Okay. I like updating stories. It's funny when the kid, kid continues. Like, oh shit, there's still Bill Cosby's still alive. <laughs> Update. He tweeted, "It's your favorite dad." You see that? When was that? No, nope. last year. I was like Father's Day. Saying it's your favorite dad, saying hello. Someone tweeted that for him, I guess. America's favorite. Creepy. Uh, we saw the trailer again for the way back to Ben Affleck, uh, drunk alcoholic uh, yeah. uh, basketball coach mm-hmm. recovery movie. Mm-hmm. Sports movies are always, so easy. It's such a go-to gimme. You can do so much drama with a sports movie and it just works. All you got to do is like make sure it looks good. Mm-hmm. Throw some a little bit of talent. Make it look good. A story that makes sense and you, you're going to make some money. Um, It looks like he was drinking too when he was making this thing because he looks puffy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe give him benefit of that. He just got out of uh, rehab. And they're like, well, look, you're so close. So we can just touch this up here with the makeup and really. Really make you look puffy. Really get you going. Really accent that puffiness, bro. Because he, he looks terrible in this movie. And then I, he just did an interview. So he's doing interviews now. Press for this movie. And uh, he's talking openly about his sobriety and all mm-hmm. that stuff these days. Uh, because that's what the movie's about anyway, mm-hmm. so he's going to go ahead and leverage all that to be an honest discussion, get in the news, get some attention towards this movie, right? It's self-serving, but it's also, it helps for other people who are going through issues to hear these kind of things anyway. And um, he is looking better, because he's been looking like shit for years. All Since all throughout the Batman years, he looked like a puffy piece of shit. Um, and this interview he did on Good Morning America, I, I, I blame the back tattoo. No, you the drinking's on. You blame the drinking on the back. Yeah, this is the same time period. Look terrible on the beach, looking all forlorn with a terrible back tattoo. God, what a, what a sad, sad. It's man. so big. He's a sad, sad, sad man. Uh, he thinks he's in the yakuza, the Boston yakuza. I know, right? Um, the Boston yakuza. He uh, looks better. He looks. His face looks. That puffiness is kind of gone. He looks slimmer. Uh, the tiredness around the eyes, like that sort of not. There's like a weird look that alcoholics get there's like a different look that pill heads get you know you see the pill eyes 
a lot in like porn and, and professional wrestling mm-hmm. and the acting world. You see a lot of the drunk guys, the cocaine eyes, mm-hmm. the Pete Davidson eyes. The uh, in this one, like he he looks, just looks better. He, he looks clean. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, but anyway, all that's being said. He talked about uh, the Batman stuff and how he was working on the Batman script. And he said, I showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. (laughs) Justice League and all that stuff. So uh, that was in the New York Times uh, interview. He did talk about a whole range of things. But that was his update on why he did not do the Batman and stepped away from the Cape Cowell. Which I think was a good thing. Good thing for everyone. Good thing for him. Good thing for us as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. We can find him. He was, he was one of the worst Batman. And get something better. Better than Clooney. And I would say on par with Kilmer. Like I said, some of the worst Batman. That's definitely the bottom three right there. Bottom three, but that then only leaves Kilton, Bale, West, Arnett. Rank him. I mean, Will Arnett's on the top. Damn. Okay. He's the best Batman by far. Okay. Number two. Keaton. All right. Number three. Bale. Coming to number three. Well, we'll see number four. Adam uh, West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Ben Affleck. Um, Zoe Kravitz. She's playing Catwoman. Okay. Uh, I thought this was an interesting quote about this the scale of the project and the size of the character in pop culture. She says, I was excited when I got the role. And usually when you get a job, the people who are excited about it are your parents, your agent, your friends. And that's kind of it. But when the press release came, I got more text messages and calls than I've gotten on my birthday, on my wedding day. All of a sudden, the reality began to sink in about what this means, not only to me, but to everybody else culturally. And the fans of this universe are so dedicated and opinionated. So she realizes the scale of what she has decided to take on as Catwoman. Yeah, you just can't be as bad as Halle Berry. I mean, it's not that she was bad. It's the movie that's bad. The whole the movie itself. The, in, the like, entire no. concept of that Catwoman, the whole thing, mm. was flawed to begin with. It was very ill-conceived. Halle Berry was doing the best of what she had. It wasn't her fault. She wasn't George Clooney in it up there, which was, uh, just not doing nothing. He was doing nothing. He was just doing George Clooney. He puts on a suit. He's like, I get to do scenes with Elle McPherson. Great. He's just happy to do that. She was actually, she was like licking herself. <laughs> She was going for it. So she was going for it. Sharon Stone's going for it. Kravitz goes on. It was a little scary, but also whenever I get nervous about something, I feel pushes me to be better anyway. So I welcome the nerves. Focusing too much on what you're going to do, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. So there we go. Her life's going to change now. Uh, Pattinson's been there mm-hmm. with Twilight. So he can handle it. He can handle expectations and, uh, and uh, publicity and all that stuff. But this type of thing where your life changes. Like Henry Cavill becoming Superman. His life changed. Yeah. He's now Henry Cavill. Before that, he was just some dude. He was just Henry Cavill. He was just some dude in a 300 ripoff. He was just some dude in a 300 ripoff. That's right. He was one of the yeah. dudes in 300 He was ripoff. that dude from the 300 ripoff. And then there's, uh, you know, it happens again where it's like, yeah, Michael Fassbender. He could have been just that dude. He could have just been that guy in, in, in 300. He yelled about fighting in the shade. Uh, but then, no, he's Magneto. It's the best part of all those X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Speaking of X-Men, Christian Bale. 
Oh, we were talking. We were talking about Batman. Mm. Should have done that. Should have jumped you're into not, the story. You're then. not good at this. Should have jumped into the story then, Juster. Take this. It's a backpack full of baseball cards. All right, I'm going to travel back to the mid-1990s and try to make some money. Good luck. These cards are from 2012, so a little bit like, are these fake? You've never even heard of these players. Um, It makes them even worth it. I'm going to card in 2012. I got them for a song, Drew. I got them for a song. Cool. When Christian Bale made American Psycho, he really wasn't a known person at that time. He was, a, nope. you know, he had yet to show people his chops with movies like uh, Nashitness. He had yet to be a superstar, thanks to Batman. Uh, he had to be Christian Bale, you know, Academy Award winning Christian Bale. Yeah. Before that, he was just a kid from Newsies. Before that, he was just this fucking kid from Newsies. This fucking kid from Newsies. Uh, what a weird accent. So he tells a story. About how, uh, quote, Josh Lucas and I did a film together recently, American Psycho, and he opened my eyes to something that I've been unaware of. He informed me that all of the other actors thought that I was the worst actor they'd ever seen. He was telling me they kept looking at me and talking about me saying, why did Mary fight for this guy? He's terrible. And it wasn't until he saw the film that he changed his mind. And I was in the dark completely about that critique. So there you go. Uh, to make that movie, the writer-director did have to fight the studio to make it uh, and fight the studio. Mary Heron to cast him. Uh, per her, the amount of hostility at Sundance really did take me aback with the movie uh, being aired. The audience just sat there did not know how to react because this little group of us, the editor, me, Christian, a few other people, we were laughing away. We knew the scenes that are meant to be funny are funny. Uh, and this article kind of compares that reaction to the reaction that Fight Club got. At film festivals where people are walking out of it, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. Um, let's see who's speaking here. I think this is her again. Obviously, I think DiCaprio's a great actor. The studio wanted Leonardo DiCaprio. This is right after Titanic. But I thought he was wrong for it. I thought Christian was better. And I also thought, and I think my instinct was correct, he had just come off Titanic. And I thought you cannot take someone who has a worldwide fan base of 15-year-old girls and cast him as Patrick Bateman. Yeah, no. It'll be intolerable. And everyone will interfere. And everyone will be terrified. It'll be very bad for him. Very bad for the movie. Because everyone will be all over blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it, wouldn't, it would not have any correct fit. Yeah, right? It would have been weird. So. Uh, Lucas and Bale working together again on uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, so hmm. there you go. Just okay. All these years later... Again, Mulan, Drew Cogburn came out with its uh, announced its rating from the MPA. It mm-hmm. dropped the A a while ago, a second A, not just the MPA, Movie, Moving Pictures Association. And uh, Drew Cogburn, the PG rated Mulan animated film has been turned into a PG 13 live action movie. Cool. Making this Disney's first. PG-13 uh, remake. Yeah, it's probably for violence, too. Because, you know... It is for, absolutely, sequences of violence. Um, I mean, yeah, it's war, so I get it. Actually, I gotta take back what I said, Drew. The original Mulan that came out in 98 was not PG. It was straight up G. Well, yeah, I mean... What's-his-face fa- what's was a singing dragon. But it all... Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But it also does feature uh, war. But, but cartoon war. This is live-action war. Different. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, this is PG thirteen. Uh, now the Pirates of the Caribbean movies they were PG thirteen, mm-hmm. so it's not like Disney doesn't do this. They yeah. don't. It's not like they don't release family films with this rating. But it is an example. I mean, it is weird for them to take a movie that is G 
and then jump a whole rating well, and make it be when you take out the singing dragon take out the singing dragon make it real all of a sudden it's like oh man is, that, is mommy is that sword lady hurting people um cast includes Yifi Lu Donnie Yen Jason Scott Lee uh Gong Lee and Jet Li Nikki Caro directs I'm looking forward to it yeah I mean I'll see it it's gonna be a big budget Disney made uh Wishu Epic wish, wish, yeah. wish. Good times. Everyone speaking English. No subtitles. That's how I like it. No subtitles. I'm an American. Everyone speak American in this goddamn movie. Speaking of... Yeah, that's uh, the little monster in the fridge out there trying to get out. Gotcha. Speaking of speaking American, Peninsula is not a sequel to Train the Busan. Okay. But it is set in the same world. Okay. So, uh, Yon Seng Ho, director of Train to Busan, one of the best uh, zombie movies come out in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is making Peninsula, and it is about... Um, it's the same world. Uh, we'll just read his quote here. Peninsula is not a sequel. It's a, not a continuation of that story. It happens to be in the same universe. Here is the synopsis. It takes place four years after the outbreak. Um, the Korean Peninsula is devastated. Young Suk, a former soldier who has managed to escape overseas, is given a mission to go back and unexpectedly meets up with survivors. Um, yeah. Train to Busan had an $8 million budget. Peninsula will have a $16 million budget. Cool. So there you go. Meanwhile, it uh, looks like someone might be making an English-language remake of Train to Busan. And, oh, uh, no reason. Yeah, there never is a reason for that. And you know, nine times out of ten, those things are bad. Yeah. But it's been a while since The Ring. That was 2000 something, 2003. So I think it's time for a good one. Maybe this will be it. Maybe. No, I doubt it. It won't. It will not be it. It absolutely will not be it. Maybe the Joe Carnahan sort of remake, no longer a remake of The Raid, will be good. Perhaps. I doubt it. Um, that movie is Zeno. Video game movie is true Chicago. That $70 million opening weekend, Sonic the Hedgehog became the highest grossing video game uh, movie weekend of all time. Okay. Um, obviously, then that means we were looking for more video game movies to make. Oh, it's going to be bad. Well, we got one here in the works. You ever play that Borderlands? Ha! That is definitely rated M for Mature. Yes. So what, are they making a rated R one? Oh, they will have to be, especially if they're going to hire Eli of Roth to do it. <sighs> mm. Ready for a libertarian it is, borderlands? It is, it is not going to be good. You don't think it's going to be good? No. You don't think Eli Roth can deliver the splattery goods for a violent video game movie? No. Why not? Because it's just going to be a vi- It's going to be just violence. Just lean into the hackitude? Yeah. It's, it, there's not going to be anything there for... Yeah, no. How would you describe Borderlands? I mean, in the beginning, I thought it was a Fallout ripoff mm-hmm. because it's basically you're in this you know sci-fi world and post-apocalyptic. Yeah, there there, there are vaults, mm-hmm. except in Borderlands there are like I guess evil things in the vaults and like that's where also like the good treasure is. So there are vault hunters. Okay. Also, uh, this big thing about like evil corporations as well because it's like that kind of sci-fi future where like. You know, like galactic corporations run things. So interesting. Okay, it was all right. I never really got into it because it's it's leans more on the first person shooter, less on like the storytelling and whatnot. Well, what's happening? It's coming. There's nothing you can do about it. Eli Roth, Borderlands. 
Okay. Okay. Good for them. It's your phone. No, we got to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep, keep going. Never stop. Never stop. I'm Wendy Williams. Uh, here we go. Final story. Bringing it back to one. Someone. Where is this? What is this website? It's a f- interesting website. There is this website called... Uh, when we talk about actors most likely to die in a movie, mm-hmm. actors who die all the time, what do we got? Who's who's the one we always think of? We got our old, uh, our boy, Sean Bean. Right? Yes. You would think he'd be like the number one dude to die all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have here, uh, this website is called Movie Mortality. Much who's died the most in movies. According to the site... Danny Trejo is the actor who has had the most movie deaths. All right. At 65. Okay. Percentage-wise, however, the actor to have died the most in their movies is actually Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Oh. He's been in about a dozen or so movies. Uh, Silent Hill Revelation, Pompeii, Testament of Youth, Son of Sun, Spook, and two How to Train Your Dragons. And apparently he's died enough where he has a 62.5% chance of dying in the movie right now. Cool. Making him number one on the top on the list of top ten actors most likely to die on screen. Uh, puts him ahead of people like Marshall Ali, Mickey Rourke, Dave Bautista, Michael Bean, Gary Oldman, Taylor Kitsch, and with only a 42% chance of dying, Sean Bean. Yeah, but he's only almost died twice. In a movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, come on. Um, so Kit Harrington will bleed the Dark Knight or the Black Knight the Dark Knight Black Knight Black Knight Black Knight and the Eternals you think he's gonna live die what's that that character is that character killable Uh, I mean he welds Excalibur so Ah. it all depends on what kind of weird wacky powers they give Excalibur it's Excalibur you can do whatever you want with it right I don't know Uh, uh, oh you know what speaking of He he was one of the lesser Avengers speaking of Excalibur uh, one of our episodes of Half True History coming out in a few weeks here on PFT Media talks about the real, like the birth of, it was like sneaky how we were talking about one thing, and they were talking about this guy and the sword, and put it in the vault, and it's like, and that's the the, the myth of Excalibur, that's the birth of that. We were like, what? Twist! That's that was one, crazy. That's one of my favorite lines in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, when they start talking about governments and how, uh, he's like, how did you become king? He's like, the lady of the lake gave me Excalibur. They're like, oh, what, we, you become our ruler because some tart in the lake threw you a fucking sword? Yeah, some tart, some tart in the lake. <laughs> really yeah. funny. Yeah, but it is ridiculous, though. No, it is. Lady of the lake. Get out of here. The king of all England. That's, that sounds like a real crock of shit. You know what? I'm going to turn to the audience here. If you were walking in the park. One day. One day. In the merry, merry month of May. It, if you're walking down the street, if you're walking down the street just the other day, and some lady throws a sword at you, and you catch that sword, throw that sword back and cut that bitch down. Wait, throw it back or cut her down? I can't do both. If I give her the sword back, she's gonna cut me down. If you want me to cut her down, then I have to keep the sword. I'm just looking for some clarification. It's up to you. You figure it out. You figure it out. What is that? What is that? What is that? What is that sound? Where's that crackle? God damn it! God damn it! The show's over! This episode's over! 
I'm so sick of this shit. Guys, this is the end of the episode. Thank you for <laughs> listening to Cinema Crest with so I appreciate you all. Drew Chicago, thank you very much. You're welcome. That's awesome. And uh, Patreon.com will be doing film school stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. Thank you for being a friend. PFT Media Production.